Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, sponsored as always by Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel and website AMP. And we've got another chats edition of the podcast. And we're going to be talking with the one and only Ryan LaPlante, Learn Pro Poker, WSOP bracelet winner, great friend of Rec Poker. We're going to talk with him a little bit about what's coming up with Learn Pro Poker, with Range Trainer Pro, what his plans are for the WSOP, uh, all that kind of stuff. We'll try to pack a bunch in there in whatever time we have. We also have a special guest. If you're watching on YouTube, you might see a face you don't recognize. Uh, Brian Rabin is with us. We're going to chat with him a little bit later, too. But he is our the winner of our just-completed Club WPT tournament, $2,500 seat into the WPT Deep Stacks at Thunder Valley in December. Uh, so congratulations to Brian. So he's going to be on the panel tonight uh, as well. And again, we'll chat with him a little bit about the experience, taking taking John Somsky out of that thing. Maybe, I don't know if he actually eliminated John or not, but John made a deep run. So we'll talk about uh, that whole experience that we had there. Uh, let's first introduce our panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And in honor of Learn Pro Poker, I've got a quote from Winston Churchill. I am always ready to learn, although I do not always like being taught. I am uh, Chris Jones. I'm five by five on Poker Stars and Twitter, uh, and I am going to be very. I, I noticed today that WSOP put out some photo, or the Poker News put out some photos of the setup for WSOP, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 really going to be gritting my teeth this this uh, this fall as I live vicariously through a lot of other people. But mm-hmm. I'm excited for everyone. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm Jim Reed. I'm hopefully going to be one of those people that Chris is living vicariously through. Uh, Bluff Storini in the home game, and you can learn about me and all the other members of the Wrecking Crew by going to rec.poker slash crew. I'm John Somsky, known as Poker Geek MN Everywhere, and I have a quote from Jonathan Swift. I must complain the cards are ill-shuffled till I have a good hand. <laughs> and I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. And I just want to say that I had such a good time on Saturday playing with the Club WPT. That tournament was so great. The Twitch was fantastic yeah. with Matt Savage and Lynn Gilmartin. And Taylor did a great job. It was just just such a fun, fun day. I just enjoyed myself. And congratulations, Brian. Yeah, and so, Brian, I'll have you just at least say hello. You can unmute yourself. Just say hello. And again, we'll come back later. But uh, who are you? Where are you calling in from? Um, name is Brian Rabin. I live in Northern Colorado. That's awesome. And yeah. Um, interestingly, I haven't been playing a lot of poker. I've been studying mostly just because of the whole COVID thing. Um, it shows. And I found out about your tournament kind of the last minute the night before. And I thought it would be a good chance to see kind of where I'm at with my study. And I have not hardly played in the last 18 months. So... <laughs> I, I guess that was a good uh, test. Oh, well, it was you. a tough tournament. You know. Yeah, things are making us all feel is, horrible. I was wondering if there's such a thing as too much studying. Because from it, my point of view, it yeah. seemed like you were way overstudied. You, you <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing because I don't think most people, most people don't have the patience to not play rather than to hmm. study more. Yeah. And I kind of went in the other extreme. Um, it's about a two-hour drive for me to get to the closest place I can play live poker. So, and I'm, the online poker options, I'm not a huge fan of. You know, like ACR, I I played that a little bit yeah. a couple of years ago, but all right. So well, my 
I kind of had the goal I wanted to get ready to play in the World Series next year. And I was studying to prepare for that. So this was uh, kind of an unexpected thing to happen to me, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, we're excited you jumped on there. Uh, I know Star kind of led you in our direction, so thanks to her for for doing yes, that. And you, we'll, we'll chat with you a little bit more in a little bit, but I think it's a good segue to talk to Ryan because we got playing and we got studying. We got to balance both things. But first of all, Ryan, welcome back uh, to Rec Poker, man. I love having you on here. How, how are things going for you? Thanks for having Thank you very much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, things are going great. Um, definitely the calm before the World Series storm, obviously <laughs> very much so looking forward to that but it's nice been able to take a little bit of a break although i haven't really been the last few days uh yeah no i'm really looking forward to it a lot um as far as like studying goes i actually think you can study too much because like you know when you're studying you're just like you're passively bringing in information um even if you're like taking notes and like that type of stuff it's still more of a a passive pursuit while it's kind of like you know anything else you do in life you know, you can watch a million videos on how to, you know, fix an engine, but until you actually get your hands on it, you're just not going to really know anything really. And that's definitely something that I've noticed, which is why I always suggest to study and play and generally to focus on one little thing. It's why we have my site, you know, structured the way that we have it. So you can just focus on one thing, work on it, focus on your game on it, review it and then move on to the next one once you feel comfortable with it. I'm kind of curious, like, so that just kind of leads me to a, to a question. If in general terms, and I know it's different for everybody, but what would you say for like a recreational player? So somebody who just plays, was trying to get better, right? Like, like a lot of us, you know, we play when we can, we're trying to get better. We can't devote ourselves full-time to study and play. Kind of give me a, like what percentage of the time roughly should we, should we be studying versus playing? And then like, as it gets to like your level where this is your life, this is what you're doing, you're playing at the highest stakes, like what's kind of the shift in rough percentages? I would say if you're only playing for fun and just like maybe playing a little bit on the weekend, maybe do like a two to one or three to one, you know, two hours of studying for one hour of play. If you have that time, otherwise like anything between like, I would say split up to like, you know, 60, 40 in favor of playing all the way to like four to one, I think would be reasonable in terms of like playing, you know, just playing for fun or playing part time. Because you, you don't want to overstudy, but you also want to study a decent amount relative to how little you're playing. Now, if you're only playing, you know, six hours a week, then you should probably be studying three to five hours a week on top of that. Um, and it shouldn't be that hard to like do that because, you know, three hours of studying would be watching, you know, a couple shorter video, like watching one short video each day and then spending a little bit of time reviewing um, or spending some time using the trainer on RTP on mm-hmm. Brain Trainer Pro or any of those types of things. Like it doesn't take that much time, but if you find 15 minutes here or there, that can very easily add up to a couple hours over, over the course of the week. And then you can maybe watch one longer video or something similar. Um, in terms of like playing full time though, it really depends on the stakes you're playing. Like for most of the stuff that I'm playing for the most part, since I'm not playing in incredibly difficult stuff, I'm probably more on like 10 to one or eight to one. So for every eight hours I play, I study one hour, give or take. But I would say if you're really working hard on your game and you're trying to be competitive at higher stakes and you're, or you're trying to break through into a limit, then I would say anything from like four to one up to even. So four hours of playing to one hour of studying all the way down to even. Because like 
I mean, if you're battling against some of the best players online, you should probably be studying a decent amount because you need to run hands and solvers, or you need to like constantly review and make sure you're in line with how you're thinking about spots, like playing in really difficult games. You just need to work so hard on the theory side of things. And that just takes a lot of time and effort. But if you're playing in softer games, you don't really need to study as hard, but you definitely need to study a decent amount. So, you know, doing three to one or four to one is probably going to be fine for the vast majority of pros, unless they're really trying to move up. Now you play like 12 or 14 screens at a time online. So I'm going to count that as 14 times the regular person's playing time. So in a day you play like 500 hours of, of stuff, but, but so talk a little bit about um, what's coming on with LPP and, and, and range trainer pro and stuff too. You talk about the studying and we've talked quite a bit about yep. your, you know, your online site. And obviously we have study groups based around your material and we just have a, a great relationship with, with you guys, but I know you've got some new things coming up and some new things that have just been released. So uh, update us a little bit. So with, Learn Pro Poker for the new stuff that we have added recently. I did a one-on-one coaching session with Chris Moneymaker, um, which Ooh. was a lot Ooh. of fun. Yeah, yeah, that 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 yeah, that's hilarious, person. Steve. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, uh, and it was it was a great session. Um, on we really focus on online play in that session, though. So if you've been like playing a lot online since you can't really play live, and you're <laughs> curious about database reviews and that type of stuff, that session would be really really good for you. Um, I've also done sessions recently with, uh, actually, I final tabled a 7K high roller WSOP event. Uh, all parts of that should be up by, actually, the first. I think the last part of it comes up. So if you want to see start to finish of me taking third place in a 7K <laughs> high roller bracelet spoiler. event, good one to, yeah, <laughs> bit of a spoiler. <clears throat> good one to watch. Also, uh, to go with that, we're also doing a sale starting on Wednesday. Uh, where you'll be able to get it for 30% off or 28 bucks a month. And so, that's just, and just that's to clarify, so, so that's, that's Wednesday, September 29th, right? Yes, Wednesday, so by September the time, 29th. So by the time this airs, it's going. Yeah, it's going. Exactly. The sale is on. So Wednesday, September 29th through, I believe we're doing it through October 4th. So if you want to get that sale, our normal price is 40 a month. This will be 28 uh, we have no other sign-up fees, no minimums. And you know, if if you somehow don't think it's worth it, just send us a message on discord, DM me on Twitter, and we'll give you a full refund always. No questions asked. Um, So on top of that though, uh, so our sister company, Range Trainer Pro, that's our official study tool. It's something that I've helped develop directly. All the trees and everything built in it is personally built by me. um, And something that I did a lot of research and put a lot of work into Uh, it. So what it is, it's a GTO study tool for pre-flop and post-flop. Our pre-flop has been out for a while. Um, we're the cheapest on the market for pre-flop charts, uh, for pre-flop charts. Think of the spot. We got it, you know, three bet ranges, four bet ranges, squeeze ranges. And this is for every stack depth, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, and hundred big blinds deep. Mm-hmm. And then we have an easy training tool with it where you can just pick a spot you want to study and just quickly go through hands. Like, um, You can set it to do, I want to say you do 50 hands with it, or you can set it to do that amount. And when I do 50 hands with it, it takes me like two minutes. So if you really want like a quick refresher on your pre-flop ranges, pick a spot, you can do it super quickly. However, we just launched post-flop and for Mm -hmm. post-flop, it's so post-flop is big. Uh, The reason why post-flop is so big and difficult is because of the amount of time to use these solvers and how expensive they are. And so one of the main solvers that's out, it's called PO Solver. They just came out with their second one just to buy it. It's $1,300. 
to run a single spot with like a really good computer uh, based off the tree that we have. Uh, I would say, I think each spot ran on my computer would probably take 30 minutes to an hour to just look at a single situation, just one. Uh, however, we custom built some servers. So when we're running solves, each solve takes us eight to 10 minutes on a 256 gigabyte RAM server with it's really beefed up. And uh, we've solved for all 1,755 flops. So with it, instead of having to spend, say, 30 minutes to an hour for me to look at a spot, mm-hmm. I can just pull it up, click on the situation and pull it up within, I would say, 40 seconds. So instead of me taking an hour, it takes me literally 40 seconds. And for that, we are the cheapest on the market as well. And we are, we're going through the process of making things as user-friendly as possible. So if you're not someone that's ever used a solver before, but you just want to be able to see what inform, access information the pros have, we're making it available. And there have been a decent amount of products coming out to the market um, that are around based around this type of stuff. And the reason why they're so incredibly expensive is because that one, let's say I w- wanted to look at button open, big blind defend, 30 big blind steep effective, and I want to look at one flop. Mm-hmm. That one flop is 10 gigabytes of data. So if I'm looking at all 1755 flops, it's uh, 17 terabytes of data on that one spot. And then we have 70 spots. We found a way to compress the data so it's not as massive. Uh, our full database, if we didn't find a way to compress it, would be more than a petabyte of information, which is kind of ridiculous. And the reason why these products can be so expensive, however, uh, we found a way to make things a little bit cheaper is because if, you, if you're paying for a petabyte of information through Amazon Web Services, just hosting the data, no other cost whatsoever, not the cost of building everything and, and all this other stuff, just the data is going to run you 20 to 30 grand a month on, on your hosting and everything costs. Because it's really? like, I think it's like 200 <laughs> 200 gigabytes or sorry, 200 terabytes is like three grand a month or something like that. So you're spending like 15 to 20 K a month just on the data, not nothing else. So when these products are expensive, it's because Mm -hmm. this date, this information before, like if I had this exact product brought it back three years ago and sold it for $5,000 access per person, we would just crush with it and get Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. It's just with computing power getting better and also the solvers getting a bit more efficient, people getting better at it. Uh, you know, it's been more affordable, but still building this out, even for us, the way in which we did, it's still incredibly expensive. And our, I assume our competitors are spending a lot more. So these tools, while they might seem kind of daunting, if you're someone that wants to learn this new style of poker that's really been coming out the last th- two, three, four years with with solvers and stuff, it's definitely one of the only ways that you can do it, realistically speaking. You know, otherwise, unless you're like a big solver nerd and have a powerful setup and don't mind spending a lot of time, money, and effort, then you can do it on your own. Well, speaking of, of solver nerds, uh, hey, Jim. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm a nerd. I think we've got better solver nerds than me on the panel. But the one thing, like uh, Ryan just said it there, like if you think this is daunting, and I just want to jump on that for a second because I use Range Trainer Pro pretty much every day because I'm trying to use my time a little better. I'm heading down to WSOP and I'm, I've taken some of my social media time and just I'm opening a different app on my phone. I'm opening Range Trainer Pro and drilling instead. And I found that to be a great decision for all sorts of reasons. But if you want to talk about daunting, what's daunting is actually learning how to use a solver, finding out what the spots that you want to analyze, 
having the solver run those and then analyzing that output effectively. That is daunting. What is, also, what is, yeah, right. The worst part of it is building your own tree because oh, like, yeah. the solvers are just calculators. So it's only as good as the information you provide for it. And it's very easy to build bad trees, like very, very easy. Like you can just, you can build something that takes you a while to build and then takes a while to solve and you'll think it's good, but it's just bad. <laughs> Yeah, the, the worst the worst tree I've ever seen is the fifth hole in the North Branch District. It's <laughs> oh, a horrible tree, a big hole right where the disc is supposed to go. Is, is, that, is, that, is that not a hole in one hole for you? Then, it's Steve? not a hole in one hole for me. Okay. It's too long, and the trees are in the middle. But, but no, I mean, I, I come from the actuarial world where stochastic on stochastic on stochastic modeling and days days to run things. So it, it's no joke uh, what you guys are doing. And and so Range Trainer Pro, kind of check it out, you guys. Uh, take it for a test drive. Check it out. Uh, we've got information. Go to LPP, go to Range Trainer Pro, but just check it out. It's pretty amazing what you can do and what you can learn. But uh, it's a good segue to Chris Jones as well, who's another one of our solver nerds. Yeah, well, I, I kind of want to go off a, a question that's in the chat, but also kind of like, you know, talking about tools like this and, and thinking about, you know, um, so if somebody gets on Range Trainer Pro and like thinks about these post-flop spots, Ryan, what, yep. what do you think is like, and one of the questions in the chat is how would you break down studying theory versus going over hand reviews? And I guess my extension to that question is um, how, how do you, how do you use a tool like this when you're thinking about, okay, there's theory and then there's playing in the real world and playing exploitively. And like, where, where does this tool sort of like, how do you, how do you like use a tool like this when you're thinking about those two things? So these study tools, while they are incredibly powerful, they're also incredibly specific because of that. That means that you don't just want to see it and go, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. Instead you're supposed to go, okay, if in this spot, I'm supposed to get check raised 20% of the time, but population is check raising me 5%, then I can make some good assumptions. I can make assumptions that they're just way too tight. And then the bluffs that, that they're using are probably going to be different styles of bluffs than what the solver suggests. So I'm using a mixture of my playing history to, to understand what population in general is doing, what different types of players in that population are doing, and using this as a baseline. So let's say greatest example of this is using uh, RTP. If I pull it up quick and I look at a preflop spot, uh, take me just one second. Raise first in on 40 big blinds in early position is 18.6% of hats. Uh, raising as loose as pocket fours, nine, eight suited, ace, three suited, king, six suited, king, 10 off. Like, but like population isn't opening that. However, if I know that they're supposed to open 18% of hands, and then let's say I am versus an early position open and I'm in mid position too, I'm supposed to play 12% of hands. I'm supposed to call uh, 7% and three bet 5%. But if I don't think population is opening that, maybe it's unknown person and I'm playing whatever event depending on the type of population, I might think that they're opening 12% or 14%. Or I might have enough hands in this player to go, this player is tight aggressive. Oh, so they're opening 8% here, 9%. Or, oh, this person's really loose passive. They're generally limping, but when they do open, they're opening like 5% or 4%. This baseline though, when I know what's supposed to be a three bet, but then I see how they're playing, I know how much tighter I'm supposed to play. 
But if I don't know what theory looks like, then how do I know what adjustments I'm supposed to make? So you don't learn this stuff to go, oh, I'm going to copy it and play like it. You learn it to build an overall framework as to how this game is supposed to work. And then you use that as a means to adjust away from it. So what do I do with pocket fives? Raise. That's, that's, that's like that's like yeah, our inside Chris joke. That's like ball. Chris Jones is known by five by five, and it like that hand is just like always involved in all of these major hands all the time. So like, Jack's taking a shot at the Rec Poker Nation question of what do we do with fives if your name is not Chris Jones? <laughs> John, did you have something there? Yeah, I was just wondering. So with Rain Tra- Trainer Pro, you've solved the flop for lots of situations, yep. but there's still an infinite number of possible things to do on the yep. flop. So what are, what are the constraints within there? In other words, what bet sizes or stack so the, sizes or the tree what are that we built? Um, our main sizing tree is we have a small size, a medium size and a large size for bets and for leads. So we have a 25% pot, 67% pot and pot that's for flop and turn for both being the out of position player and the in position player. And then for river, we have five sizes for each. And then for each of these, it adds another size. When you are four pot size bets or less deep effective, it gives you an all in option. So for, uh, and then for turn, actually for uh, 80 big blinds plus deep effective, we'll actually, we're adding a, we'll have a fourth size for it where it's two X pot. So essentially for each spot, it's, uh, 25, 67 pot turn when you're really deep effective at two X pot. And then for river out of position gets 15% pot, which is incredibly important. 25% pot and then 67 pot two X pot. And then the all in option as well. And then in position also has those sizes as options. Although you're, you're generally just going to be picking uh, above half pot for in position from a theory perspective. And for against every single bet, we have two raise options, which is also incredibly important. A lot of these sites, the way they get around data constrictions is they do two different things. They either give you only two flop options just because a tree, it, when you add a third option, it essentially doubles the size of, of the solve. So it makes it a lot bigger data. And if you get uh, only one raise option, same thing happens. Um, so we have two raise options. We have a small raise option and a large raise option. And the reason why each of these are incredibly important is when you're not necessarily curating your tree for every single flop, it's really important to be able to have small, medium, and large, at least for flop and turn. And especially for turn, very large for when you're super deep effective. And then for river, you also need a diverse amount of options, but you don't want it to be too overwhelming. So there are some products that are out there that only give you two flop options, which I think is bad in a lot of situations. And there's products that give you way too many options, which I also think is really bad because it makes studying really complex and really, really, really difficult in terms of applying. Our goal was try to make a simple product that was also very robust. So a product that I personally use for my own studying. This isn't just something that like I built the tree that I wanted to be able to play versus some of the best Mm -hmm. players in the world, which on speaking of the devil on the second, I will be playing a $25,000 buy annulment event. Guess what I'm going to be using to study. I'm going to be using range trainer post-flop. That's it. That's, that's my study. I'll do that. I will use ICMizer for, you know, just to work on my ICM spots, but I'm for my post-flop studying, I'm using Range Trainer Pro. 
For my pre-flop studying, I'm using Range Trainer Pro, no other product. I don't have a need for another product because I know what went into our product. I know how good it is. I know how robust it is. And I know how I get to use it. And that's what I'm doing. And I think it's also really important to make sure that, you know, for, for me personally, that when I represent a product and when I build something, it's something that I know is good enough that I can use it to compete against some of the best players in the world and use it to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Hey, Brian, did you have something there? Oh, you're, are you, oh, now he's muted. Okay. I, I do have a question that came out of the, uh, out of the, I think Tim asked this question. Let me go back and find it. Um, and, and sort of, he's asking the question, you know, a lot of our folks are, are recreational. A lot of folks are just literally yep. like just starting to play the game. They're playing home games. And I don't know, we love going down the analysis route and kind of going deeper, but a lot of folks are, are newer to the game. And his question mm-hmm. is really around somebody just starting out to study, you know, maybe they've been yep. playing a little bit, but they never even really thought about studying, but now they're starting to study. They want to get better. Kind of where does ranges fall into the importance of, you know, where to spend time studying? So in terms of that, I would suggest, especially if you're playing tournaments, I would suggest using range trainer for pre-flop and then use learn pro poker for pre-flop and post-flop because LPP I'll teach, I'll walk you, I'll say, Hey, this is what GTO is, but this is how I'm actually using it in very soft games. Um, I do tons of one-on-one coaching sessions, whether it's with, you know, micro stakes grinders, low stakes grinders, mid stakes grinders, high stakes grinders, whether it's with live professionals like Chris Moneymaker, like you name it, I've done coaching sessions with everyone across the board. So you'll be able to find someone that plays in your types of games that I've done a one-on-one session with. And those sessions are about applying the theory and using that theory to build an exploitative edge in these games. You know, when I'm like, you know, for a lot of the live stuff coming up, for instance, if I'm playing in something that's really, really soft live, and I know that like a GTO opening range is 18%, but I think all my opponents are only three betting me, like they're all three betting me way too tight, then I know that I can get away with opening looser. So I might open 20% or 25%. Also will make it, you know, make my decisions based around what I'm comfortable with. So I would use LPP if you're a lot newer to studying, because I will teach you how to use some of the tools that are the main study tools out there, as well as start to build that fundamental foundation that you need to actually be able to use these tools well. And then once you have that, then you can go more in depth with range trainer post flop and really, really work on your fundamentals. It's like so, so the sky, the, I mean, the sky is the limit on this stuff. Yeah, so exactly. You, you know, you didn't get to where you are overnight. Like it takes time. And I think the idea, what I'm hearing there is sort of like, yeah, ranges are important. Like, you know, position is important. You got to pay attention to position. Bet sizing is important. Stack size are important, but ranges is really kind of where the money's really made, right? right. Start thinking about what your opponent could have. So I know a lot of this is, you know, for, for a lot of us that have been down this road for a while, it's like, oh man, we're eating this up. For people that are brand new might be going, oh my God, what? My head just exploded. I just want to play a bar league. If people are thinking like this, I don't want to go to a casino. You're not going to get there overnight, but sort of just put your right. toe in the water. Like Ryan said, go to Learn Pro Poker. And I know I love all your videos, but the stuff that I love the most is when you are sitting down and kind of walking through hands with somebody, uh, that is a great place to start. And it's not going to be as intimidating as running right. souls on your own. Uh, that's a great place to start your study and thinking about ranges. 
right. <laughs> I got you off. Like, okay. Um, so I'm, I kind of want to shift gears because I know we don't have a ton of time. I, yep. you, you know, we could talk for hours with you. It's, it's so easy. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about the WSOP coming up. So, uh, you know, we're recording this on September 27th. I know you're already cranking busy. You're playing Venom today and all that stuff. But yep. what does, you know, for somebody at your level, like a lot of us recreational players are like, man, I want to go to the WSOP, even if it's just for like three days to try to play mm-hmm. some daily deep stacks, even maybe a bracelet event. But somebody like you, what does it look like? That eight-week period of the WSOP, like how scripted are you and what you're planning on playing? How much are you just sort of like going off the fly? Like what does that look like for you? So it's for me, it's a, it's a mix. Obviously, everything's very well structured and well planned. Like I sold a large package for my series coming up. The reason why I sold a large package is because the package that I sold for is $364,000 in buyings, <laughs> which is a lot. And you know, obviously I can't afford to put that up. Um, well, I don't so know if that's I, obvious. I, I mean, I, I don't know. You're a bracelet I, winner. Come on, let's I go. I sold about half of it. Um, and I sold a little bit more of the bigger, I sold more of the really big events and I did the small events, small events. Yeah. I put in more as like pot sweetener, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I give people action in the really low stakes stuff that have a very high edge in to balance out the really high stakes right. stuff that I play that have a very small edge in, um, and sold low markups across the board to give people really good value. So I essentially know exactly why I'm playing every single day across the board. In fact, I like built in my calendar. Um, I essentially, I average over two events a day mm-hmm. uh, just because, so essentially for WSOP, I average a bit of like 1.8 events per day. Cause I'm only, I'm almost playing every event. The only events I'm really skipping are some of the 10 K mix and then the 50 K no limit, hundred K no limit and two fifty K no limit but I'm playing every other no limit event up to 25. Oh, the 25 K heads up. I'm not going to play that. I don't think, but, uh, 25 K no limit 50 K. Like I'm playing the 50 K PLO, uh, for mix. I'm willing to play mix pretty high stakes, at least everything in eight game. I'm willing to play pretty big, uh, besides reduced to seven. So I'm playing a bunch of the 10 Ks. I'm playing all the five K no limits and PLOs and yada, yada, yada. And then I'm very WSOP focused. Like I really want bracelet too. You know, I've had, Mm -hmm. After, since I've won my first bracelet, I've had a second where yeah. I just lost a couple flips. And then yeah. I've had two third place finishes, both in which I lost a 75% favorite to be a chip lead heads up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I would have been chip lead heads up against another professional. The other, I would have been chip lead heads up against a recreational player that I would have had a very, very large edge verse. So I, I would like to get bracelet too. A couple of my friends recently have won their second bracelets over the past year, and they're obviously rubbing it in. Uh, one of them had zero when I had one, and since then he's won two. Oh. So I would like a second at least, just to at least catch up with them. But uh, I still will play a little bit non WSOP events, but it's very minimal. And it's only like, oh, the last flight of this, if I bust this WSOP event right. and this WSOP event, and I can get over there in late rec. So my schedule is packed and hectic. But if you're someone that's coming out just for a few days, I would try to play something like one of the $600 deep stacks or like the $500 reunion. Um, but I would make, I would look at the structures as well. So like, I wouldn't play something with 30 or 20 minute levels. I'd find something with 40 minute levels or an hour long level and find something that doesn't have late registration that goes super duper deep because most mm-hmm. people make the mistake of, oh, structure that matters is the chip stack. Well, the chip stack doesn't really matter. The main thing that matters is how long are the levels? How big are the jumps in between levels? And then how late does registration go and whether it's a reentry or not? 
So freeze out events will always play deeper stack. And then for re-entry events, if the late registration goes like below 20 big blinds, it's going to force other stacks a lot lower. Because if you have a bunch of people hopping in with 20 bigs at the last second, that lowers the average stack in the field down in terms of average big blinds. So you want to look for mostly for 40 minute or one hour levels, and then making sure that that late registration period doesn't drop below 20 big blinds. If what, those things happen, then you're generally going to get between 30 to 40 big blind average, which is a pretty reasonable structured tournament. And at hour levels and a, like a freeze out event, then those are going to be very, very good structures. Like uh, actually uh, there's an event on a Monday, it's $500 freeze out that starts at 11. That terminal will probably be one of the best structured 500s. Uh, I know the reunion has a pretty good structure as well. Um, I think like depending on when you come into town, it should be very easy for you to find one WSOP event that's low stakes, that has a good structure, and then plenty of events across town that have amazing structures. Um, I would suggest really looking into the win. The win has by far the best rake. It also one of the best ran rooms, really good structures for events. And then Aria has like these daily $400 buy-ins that should be pretty good. And then also the Orleans has a pretty diverse schedule mixed between good structured no limit events and then mixed games. So if you're interested in playing mix without it being, you know, 1500 bucks. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious, like, so, so something like, let's say you're three weeks into this eight week journey yep. of yours and there, there could be a situation it's possible where you bust a tournament and the next and the next day you know maybe registrations close and there is no bracelet event firing that day what what does a guy like you do do you like are you like i'm gonna just take a day off and rest or are you like i'm gonna go find the aria or the win and fire something else like what does it look like for you if you're like three weeks into this grind and you find yourself in a non-bracelet event opportunity so actually three weeks from today, that could happen. <laughs> I wasn't mean so literal, Ryan. Literally like, he's he's putting in the range today, trainer pro. He's he's running, he's <laughs> running like all this stuff. He's like three weeks from today. Let's look at all. I've got a decision tree around here and the optimal, <laughs> the GTO answer is. <laughs> so uh, three weeks from the day, uh, the 17th, which is Sunday. So the day before there's an $800 world series event. Yeah. I could be in day two of that. Then if I bust that, uh, there's that $500 freeze out event that I was talking about. That's at 11. Um, and at that same day, there's a win 1600 knockout event, which I think starts at probably 12 or one. I didn't mark it in, but that event probably has registration up until like four or five. So I could realistically bust this 500 freeze out at like, you know, 2 PM, just get sucked out on, then head over to the win and hop into that. So you won't but, take a day off. Like what I'm hearing is, cause I'm kind of curious, like if there is no like real obvious answer yeah, for a tournament, you, you won't take a day off. You'll find. Yeah. Something if there's an obvious answer that I can fire, I'll play it. But if there's not something <laughs> like, you know, I like the 19th is a better example because that day there's just a world series 1.5 K turbo. If I bust it, that's the day that I'm just done once I bust it because okay. I don't have, I think, uh, oh, it's because the other event that I have to play that day would be the MSPT, but it's the second flight. So if I made day two of that, the day two of that would be on yeah. the 21st, but on the 20th, there's a 15, uh, 1500 PLO bracelet event, as well as a 10 K horse, which I want to play both of those. And I don't want to like play the PLO, right. make day two of it and have two day twos of the similar bind. So Never you want need a solver just to figure out yeah. how to play, what to play. It's like creating an NFL schedule. You need some kind of I mean, solver. To I can that. show you my schedule. It's all color coded. <laughs> yeah. Like I even have like what days the last flights yeah. are on, what times they start. Who loves um, it more, man? Who yeah. loves it more? Well, you just, you know, for me, it's just like, 
for people that aren't don't play professionally and don't understand exactly like how big the series are. Yeah. And be like, if your boss walked up to you and was like, I'm going to pay you four X the amount you normally make for the next eight weeks. And you'll just work as many hours as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Cause it'd be way better for you to just work yourself, you know, bone tired for eight weeks. And then know you just made essentially a year's worth of income yeah. versus not. And like, honestly, the World Series for me, like if you remove my World Series, like not even, not necessarily the World Series results, but just that time of the year's results, I would be probably seven hundred eight or $800,000 less in profits, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, that'd be essentially half my profits. That's like, Chris like none Jones of it comes money. from a big score. Like my biggest score during this time period is 191. My second biggest is uh, 160. I have a few in the 160 range. So it's just like yeah. good, consistent scores. And on top of that, just the most fun time of the year. So I get to make a lot more money and have a lot of fun doing it and see a bunch of people that I literally only see during this time mm-hmm. period. Cause I have friends all over the world, yeah. friends in Germany and Russia and France and the UK, Minnesota, and Canada and Mexico. And like, this is the only time of the year that they're all here. And like, I'll often just like get a table draw and know five or six people at it and just be talking the entire yeah. time. Or I'll see someone that I haven't seen in seven years and rekindle a friendship. Like things like that are like why I love the series. And even if I don't know anyone, that's an opportunity for me to meet someone new. You know, I've met, you name it, baseball players and football players and farmers and accountants. And I've played with Michael Phelps. I've played with plenty Mm -hmm. of actors and actresses and all that stuff. And that happens then. It doesn't happen really any other time of the year for the most part. It's, It's this and like maybe five diamond. And that's about it for just meeting such an incredibly diverse group of people. Well, it's, it's so fun to hear your passion because, you know, you do talk to some people that are just like burnt out on it. You know, they, they've been doing it. You're, you're so passionate. And, and you talk about that meeting all these new people. I know I had a chance when I was working for the MSPT and you were playing and we were chatting a little bit. And I'm like, well, I don't want to distract you. You're like, oh, no, no, no problem. And you're just you're chatting with me and you're just like raising and taking pots. And like, it's not even you're not even thinking about it. It was just like it's so insane. Uh, but you're such a friendly guy. And I, I would just say, I know John has a question or a comment, too. But, you know, you're you're really hungry for that second bracelet. And as one of your fans and as a fan of poker, I'm hungry for the second bracelet acceptance speech. That's what I'm hungry for. I want to I want to hear. Uh, what I won't give a speech, speech for the second. No. What's that? I wasn't going to give a speech for the first either. The only reason why I did is because oh, of the pulse shooting. Yeah, that's it. it was good. That's the only reason why I did, I because I, I think I just think like that the speech like kind of lessens it to some degree. It depends mm. like on like the context behind it. So like like I'm not just going to give a speech to say, "Hey guys, I'm one number two. No, fuck y'all." Yeah. Instead, I'll just like you know, it it's more. I would just rather just like have the accomplishment speak for itself. Which you know, they have you walk up there get a photo bracelet too. I mean, that's it. Like you don't need to do like, I'm not one for like grandstanding. Or well, you set like the that. bar too high then with that first one, then <laughs> we're expecting, I mean, I'm expecting rec poker to get thanked in your second one, but I, I mean, that's just me. So, I don't know. but no, it was fantastic. We're still, we brought it up before big fan of that. John, did you have anything you wanted to chime in here with? Well, I was just kind of wondering, um, I know when I'm out at the WSOP playing all day, I get tired and I have a hard time maintaining my stamina. So <clears throat> how do you balance that? Because there, there could be a point that if you are working yourself too hard, it's actually you know going to lower your EV enough yeah. that you'd be better off taking a day off here or there. Um, now, obviously, you're 
you're focused and you're prepared for it. But how do you how do you balance that or what have you done so that that's not an issue for you? So something I've been trying to get better at, I mean, now that I'm past the age of 30, I'm 31 right now, you know, obviously I I don't quite have all the eye rolls. (laughs) (laughs) I can't treat my body as poorly as I used to and still get, you know, the same results. You know, you put on weight or you get tired more easily or, you know, you name it. You're always going to, as you get older, you run more and more into issues. And while I'm still obviously a young person. You know, I'm still, you know, getting to an age where if I like, I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not sleeping, if I'm not, you know, eating regularly, you know, actual food, not just, you know, random garbage, it's going to, you know, work out very poorly for me. So like my, uh, my breakfast before used to be like a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Now my breakfast is eggs, vegetables, maybe some toast. Um, and like, you know, a, a thing of like juice, like, uh, you know, one of not a fruit smoothie juice, just like pure, you know, pure fruit. Um, and then like, I'll bring with like, you know, some healthier snacks, like the one unhealthy snack of my day is going to be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just because they last all day. They last all day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's just like an easy snack that I can eat at any point in the day. Um, also for like my dinner breaks, I never do heavy meals. I only ever do. Uh, either Chipotle or uh, there's a Japanese place pretty close by or a Thai place nearby. So I'm just doing meat, rice, and vegetables. And then I've also been trying to do less and less caffeine. So I'm not really doing sugar or caffeine as much. So then when I do need that kick at 11 PM where I'm grinding through three in the morning and I have say, you know, a coffee at that point, I'm not going to like, it's not going to not impact me. Um, Yeah. And then I'm also doing like 20 grain bread, Yeah, exactly. So that's like, that's the type of stuff that I'm doing on top of that. Um, any day that I don't need to start on time, I'm not going to this year. That's Mm -hmm. in the past. I've always gone the moment I was able to now though, I'm going to instead skip some of the first days of one to four levels of play and instead use that morning to, especially this time of the year, the morning will be perfect to do walks with my dog and my fiance, find some time in the gym, like trying to do that type of stuff where I'm getting my energy through being active and eating healthy. And then when I do actually need energy down the stretch, I'm not, you know, I haven't been sucking on caffeine all day. Instead, when I do have some, even just a little bit, I'll really feel and it'll last through that time period. And on top of that, I just, I love it so much that, you know, I would say best example of this is the only time I felt tired uh, in 2019 was there was like a 3k PLO in like July. It was like, you know, 9th of July or something like that. And it was a later event and I busted the second bullet and I was walking to the cage to fire a third. Cause it was, un- it was a unlimited reentry or fire three or something like that. And I was like walking to the cage to fire a third. And I stopped for a second. I was like, if I want to go home, I was like, no. <laughs> and then I bought back in and then busted like two hours later and then went home after red clothes. But it's just like, it's usually oh, one of the, one of my favorite events of the year uh, previously has always been the 5k Venetian, which is always like July 11th. And the reason why is because it has the most absurd structure. The only structure that's better than it is the WSOP main starts so insanely deep and you can register like till a uh, second break on day two. Mm. And the reason why that's really nice is because I'll register it on time day one and almost always double or triple up in the first handful of hours and just grind the rest of the way through. And you have so many people that are playing it that are just withered beyond belief. And they're mm. only playing it because it's a big event that can save their summer. And 
for me, that's great because I'm like, I'm like good to keep grinding. I'm good to grind that thing out the entire time. Then you have people just come in and blast at it. So for me, that's one of my favorite events. It's because yeah, even though I just played eight weeks where I took two days off, I'm still, you know, here to grind and make money. And like, you know, I still love it. And the thing is, is that, well, this year, the grind's even longer since you only get like a week off and then you've got all the December stuff. I'm taking January like off. Like we'll like go to Hawaii. We'll like, you know, so I've got that to look forward to, you know, I don't need like too much. And the thing is, is that if I really feel as though I'm super exhausted, I'll just sleep in and late last minute late wreck some stuff. If I need to do that a couple of days, it's not the end Mm -hmm. of the world, but I just don't predict I'll need to do that because I'll be doing everything else to make sure I don't need to. Well, I I love it, man. I mean, I'm so excited for you to be out there. I'm so excited that a bunch of us are going out there. We got a house out there. It's going to be super fun. Uh, And I'd love people to say hi to me. If you you don't recognize me from the video, I'll I'll be the guy outside the bathrooms with the peanut butter sandwich that's been at the bottom of my, been at the bottom of my backpack all day. And so I'm eating and it looks like I'm eating something that's really thin. It's just a peanut butter sandwich that's been squished down from everything else all day, man. But I, I love it too, man. I wish I could spend as much time out there, but it's just, it's so fun. It's just, it's such a great time. But so, so I don't, any other questions or comments from you guys? Otherwise we can let Ryan go here. Uh, I don't see anything else. I know we all got a million things we could ask, but, but Ryan, I guess as we kind of close up anything else that, you know, we haven't chatted about that you kind of want to make sure people are aware of how do they connect with you, KL and range trainer pro, like, what, what does Rec Poker Nation need to know that we don't already know about you? Uh, if you want to follow along, Potential MN, Potential Minnesota is my Twitter handle. You can follow there and don't miss out on our sale. Like I said, it's running from Wednesday, September 29th until October 4th. And if you do register and you somehow don't think it's worth your money or anything, send us an email. We'll give you a full refund. I personally really dislike it when companies won't, you know, back up, you know, yeah. their back up what they're saying. And I really stand by this work, put so much time, money and effort into it. And it's something that I know for sure is worth its weight in gold. So yeah, I think a lot um, of people would get it if they could sense that you were a little passionate about poker. So exactly. maybe next time, <laughs> next time you're on, you could express yourself Need to up it more. <laughs> a little bit more. Try my best, but. <laughs> but seriously, Ryan, thank, thanks again, man. Great friend of the show. If you have any trouble getting a hold of Ryan, get a hold of us. We'll connect you with him. Uh, we definitely stand by Learn Pro Poker, Range Trainer Pro. Ryan himself is a person, as a player, as a coach. He does private coaching, all kinds of stuff. So uh, fully endorsed uh, by Rec Poker Nation here. Uh, I wish you all the best. I uh, hope to see you on Vegas, but if not, man, go get at least one more bracelet this summer. I'll Perform. try my best. <laughs> all right. all we can do sure. is make the best decisions we can and you know, hope for the best. Uh, thank you very, very, very much for having me on. Look forward to seeing you guys all out there. All right, Ryan, take care. We'll let you go. We're going to run into a commercial where you can sign off. And then when we come back from this commercial, we'll talk a little bit with Brian Rabin about the Club WPT win. And we'll talk a little bit about the rec poker community as well. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. 
So, so how great is our job? So we get these two heavyweights, right? We get to talk to Ryan LaPlante. We get Jonathan Little coming on, coming on to a little, uh, little coaching commercial. That's pretty, pretty sweet. But any, uh, any reaction, guys, first uh, to what well, Ryan had to say? We have the best jobs in the world, Steve. I think that's <laughs> been established. No one can doubt that anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, Ryan, his passion is infectious, and he's also just so goddamn smart. And and I, I don't know, like I, I get to call. He is a smart dude. Now, I, so I get to host these study groups that we do for LPP material uh, here for Rec Boker members every month. And so I'm watching a lot of the LPP videos, watching along with Ryan as he does his coaching sessions and that sort of thing. And like, yeah, he can help. He can help the most advanced players, but he can also help uh, intermediate players and beginners too. Like he just understands poker very well and he's a good teacher and he's just so generous with his time. Like he's just one of my favorite people in the world of poker. Nice. Mr. Washam, what do you got to say? Oh, I was, I was part of the study group last Saturday and we were watching one of his videos and he goes through his decisions so quick. It's like, you have to stop it to under, you know, to, to really understand what the entire situation is to, to then absorb what he's actually saying because his mind is working so fast. He's got all this stuff. And you can tell from what he talked about with the solvers that he's done all of this work over and over and over again. So it's just, it's just part of him. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. I just uh, really admire his, his enthusiasm and you can tell that he still really loves the game. Yeah. Samsky. I was just thinking that the solver work that they're adding to Range Trainer Pro, Pro is, I think for recreational players, it's going to really change the framework because it you have so many options when you go into something like Pio Solver or uh, GTO Plus, and this makes some decent assumptions for those. So you, so you have a few small less instructions to ask, mm-hmm. but not only that you can get your answer and move on to the next one. When you have to wait 10 minutes for your answer, then thinking about, well, what if I change this or what if I change that becomes very daunting. Whereas with that type of time bank where it only takes 60 seconds to get your solve and go to the next thing, uh, I think that's just going to make studying and learning from that process phenomenally better. I just got to jump in here because that's so true, John. And like one of the things I was saying earlier about how daunting it is to actually do the work to set this stuff up and to actually run the solves yourself. Like, I don't, I just don't want this to get lost. What's really great about this is that they've just done all that for you. And they are now interpreting that data for you into like a visually graphic display that you can then test yourself against instantly. And, and so they've already interpreted all this data and, and made it accessible for players like us that we, we, we don't have that time and resources to go run all these solves. And we don't have the savvy to know what we would even look for if we did, but we can use the results of their work to get better. So it, it's like having a guided tour through the results of all the great solver work you've ever wanted to run. It's really amazing. I sound like a fan. I'm going to text Mrs. Blufsterini to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> you are fired up, man. I love it. No, I, I am excited up. about it. It's true. It's true. Chris, Chris, what do you got? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, like, uh, it's always great to talk to Ryan. Um, and actually, I so like last week I did uh, four on LPP. You know, I submitted that tournament that I went yeah. and won. And he ran through it uh, with me on his group coaching thing. Um, and, um, yeah, he's just so smart. He's so smart. He f- He found... There's so many times, I mean, he can tell when you're making mistakes. He can tell when you're getting lazy 
Cause like I, it's, it's clear to me that I was getting lazy with my seabed sizing. Mm. Um, and I was just basically like, okay, this is seabed spot. And I, and I'm multi-tabling. So, you know, I'm just clicking buttons and I'm just clicking seabed. Oh, it's a seabed. Okay. Seabed. But like, he's pointing out to me, like, this is spot you were on a seabed small, this is seabed larger. And it's really made me slow down a little bit, even when I'm multi-tabling and really think about those spots a little bit more just by going through that and that's a tournament I won. Right. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he, I mean, but he, and, and he works with people at all different levels. Like he worked with me, he works for Chris moneymaker. He works with people. So, and, and that content is great. And it's always great to just hear from him and talk to him. So yeah, he's one of my favorite guests. Chris Jones is getting better. Like, this is like, I'm, I'm serious. Like I just want to go play bar yeah. leagues. Hey, again. Cause like you hey, guys are like, if you're you, all if learning. If you think, if you think, got the book if you think I'm good stuff. or something, go watch oh. this video and you'll see, like how many millions of mistakes that I'm making. So, but you're, but you're a very good player. You're getting better, which is cool. Right. I mean, well, I mean, it's fun to know that if you're, if you're a good player, it's fun to know you still have room for improvement. Cause I think that's sort of like, you know, some people get really good at something and they feel like, well, there's, I don't have what it takes to kind of do that next little bit. But if you're getting good results and you still have room for improvement, that's, I think that's encouraging. I think. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It was, I mean, it was, it was super encouraging to go through that. And then it was actually reinvigorating to me to like, think about some of these spots that I'd kind of moved past, you know, I kind of moved past sea bedding and like, I was more into like the deeper level of the, of the tree. Cool. Um, and it just kind of, I sort of figured out, okay, this is a spot I see bed. This is a spot I don't. Um, and um, I'm really thinking about sea sizing now a lot more and like Great. when we want to play these different <laughs> these sizes so uh you're a beast already <laughs> dang i'm i'm gonna quit playing poker with you guys that's crazy well, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's shift gears i mean obviously ryan is fantastic shift gears we just uh just a couple days ago we had our big thing that we've been pushing we've been pumping we've been cranking uh is our first partnership that we've had with the world poker tour and club wpt uh and those folks uh they they gave us a 2500 dollars a seat to a WPT Deep Stacks main event to give away to the winner of a private VIP rec poker tournament. So on Saturday, we we did that. Uh, we had 116 runners, which we were super excited about because uh, people needed to get the password and, and kind of do that. We were uh, we had a couple of uh, spots in Hudson, Wisconsin set up to play. Um, I know Taylor was streaming at one spot and I was at another spot with Somsky and a few other people uh, playing the game. We were railing Somsky hard at the end. John ended up taking a real rough beat uh, with with four left, I believe, to bust. Uh, But the the guy that came out on top of that, uh, his name is Brian Rabin, and he is with us. Uh, He's from Colorado. He did not have exposure to rec poker uh, or club WPT before this. Uh, but but he got in there uh, by recommendation from a friend, and then he took it down. Uh, so Brian, I know we talked a little bit already, but just sort of uh, how are you feeling after this? I know you it's, you haven't been playing for a while, but now you're playing. How fired up are you to play uh, play the tournament? I'm, really, I'm really excited. Um, I just can't believe how it all winning never even I you know I just was enjoying playing and uh, yeah. I don't think I even thought about until there was about three of us to go. I was like you know wow, wait a minute here. I actually have a shot at this thing. And prior to that, I, I was just trying to play, you know, I, I was focusing on playing, uh, not getting out of line, playing uh, playing the, the right ranges and right positions and, and looking at, you know, range advantage and, and that advantage, stuff like that, just focusing on basics. And then next thing you know, we're at a final table. And I was 
I was kind of near the bottom, I think, in the chips going into the final table. And I think I had one hand and where there was a four flush on the board and I, I had absolutely nothing. And I, I pretty much risked my tournament and bluffed. Got everybody to fold. Somebody showed uh, pocket kings as they folded. And uh, after that point, it started to feel like I had some some sort of a chance to at least get deep. But when we got the heads up, um, the opponent I was going up against, I thought was playing really loose and aggressive. So um, I actually had a, an extremely lucky hand where we both got it all in. We both hit, but he actually had a higher two pair than I did. And mm-hmm. I revered the two outer to hold on to that one. And then uh, I had a huge lead at that point. So, yeah, and then I think it was uh, ace queen over race seven for the last hand, something like that. Yeah, the one the one I won on the last hand was really interesting where he went all in with an A7 and I had an ace queen. And his A7 actually did hit the second pair, yeah. but he got counterfeited by the board. I think it was Jack's. Yep. <laughs> they hit the board. So you know, I I just couldn't believe it the the way and you know, even two days later I'm still like, wow, did that just happen? Now now I really need to shift gears and really start studying so i don't waste this opportunity that i have you know by playing in this tournament so yeah well it's, it's a free role you know it's going to be great experience no matter how you do out there obviously uh you know club wbt is going to be watching you out there they're going to you know talk about you as kind of the, the guy that came through so hopefully you'll play well but you know what uh just enjoy the moment soak it up have as much right. fun as you yep. can uh it's an experience that most of us will never have getting to play a 2500 wpt and so i think just you know, enjoy it. And man, if, if variance goes your way and if you're playing well, who knows? Who that's knows right. what can happen? That's, that's pretty cool. That's one of the great things about poker. You you just never know. You know, anything can happen to anybody in poker. That's what's great about it. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for being on here, Brian. We will we're gonna stay connected with you. Uh obviously we'll be tracking what happens out there. I'm hoping to be out there myself, but if nothing else, we'll we'll have some people out there kind of checking your status and seeing how you're doing out there. But uh man, thanks again right, for playing and, and thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks. I just thank you guys for the opportunity to have that tournament, and I really appreciate it. So it's well, been fun. Well, stay stay tuned, stay plugged in with Rec Poker. We'll hopefully we'll have many more of these uh, opportunities as well. And I know John said I think it was my pocket kings. I think, and I remember I think it was John. At least that situation. You really had no ace on the board and four to a four to a suit or whatever. There was a no four flush. There. I figured you know yeah. the, the way the blinds were. I'm like, well. I might as well bluff it. And if I get called by something, that's fine, you know, but I, yeah. everybody, it seems like a lot of poker tournaments I've played in. I, I usually play the, a lot of the daily type tournaments. It always seems like you can play really well, but you still need to have like two or three hands oh, yeah. that really go your way and you just get fortunate. And that, yeah. that's just how it went. So yeah, variance comes in many forms, and in that, in your case, right. it was nobody had the diamond. You know, that was that's exactly. how that's how luck came your way that time. But I mean, you but you put yourself in a position. You took the took the initiative, and it worked out for you. So I, I at uh, least I I don't feel like I I I didn't want to win by playing stupid. You know, I didn't I didn't want to be the guy playing like jack three and getting lucky. Yeah, I, I think I, I played pretty well. Um, it, it got pretty decent hands place. and. 
So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, you played great, Brian. You played great. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice anything about your game that was like off kilter. It looked like you played played solid. You got some hands at the right time. You played things the right way. And uh, and here you are. Here you are our winner. So uh, exactly. we'll stay in touch, man. Uh, but yeah, you can. You're welcome to stay on here. But um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about other stuff going on at Rec Poker. But again, congrats. Right. Uh, let, let's turn it over to you guys. The other guys that were able to play, uh, John. Maybe start with you. But uh, what was your experience like uh, on Saturday? It was kind of a. It was fun time. I had gotten short on chips fairly early, and then worked my way back up. And it wasn't until I was a chip leader at the final table for a little bit that I actually thought, wait, I could actually win this. So I looked over at you, Steve, and said, you know, what What are the dates for the sinks? I'm not even <laughs> sure so that I can play it or, or not. He's like, so when is this tournament once he's a chip leader? I'm like, slow down, big guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was fun. Uh, I thought Taylor and... Oh. Um, Matt Savage and Matt Savage oh, did yeah. an excellent job in the booth. Uh, they kept it very entertaining. Uh, Lynn Gilmartin, when she was on, was great sticking around to see the final cards dealt. Yep. Um, it was a lot of fun. Vince Van Patten was on there for a little bit. Yep. And yeah. yeah, it was fun in the house, right? We had to go to Hudson, Wisconsin to play. And we had Taylor was over at Steve Olson's house doing the Twitch stream. The rest of us were at this other Airbnb. And it was super fun because we were playing and uh, somebody had connected the, the Twitch stream to the big TV in the living room. And so people were playing, watching the Twitch stream. And it was super fun. John was the only one that was left after after a while. So we were all just yeah, and I'd, I'd be sitting there. They'd be watching the live stream. And I'd say, OK, I've got kings here. <laughs> Steve would yell out, kings coming. <laughs> you know, and we were just. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. John, John and I were in a different room when when those guys were watching the TV or whatever. John's like, "I got kings here." I'm like, "Kings, kings, kings!" Of course, then the board floor flushes, and, and I flush me off of it. Like, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I, I was watching along from home, and uh, the stream was great. And it really they did a great. And, and the rest of the stream team too, that Club WPT yeah. stream team, those guys, they know how to give it to each other, don't they? Yeah. Oh my God, they're not taking it easy on each other with the uh, the digs from left and right. They know how to have fun. Oh my gosh, super fun. So so that was a Club WPT thing. Super fun. Uh, uh, we're, we'll get connect, get connected and get together with them again and kind of debrief on how it all went and all those things. I know there's some glitches with the software a little mm. bit that we're going to just talk through uh, some access things. I, I told Jim, I said, one of the things with not everybody, but some poker players that wait till the last second, uh, you know, we were trying to say, get in there early, test it out, whatever, but it doesn't happen. And so for like the three hours leading up to when it started, like I'm in mad scramble mode on every single <laughs> yes. platform we have trying to help people get in. And I don't think we got everybody in or whatever, but, no. um, but no, see, it's a learning process, but no, I was, we were super excited. Hopefully we can have Brian kind of, oh, that was one there. of the funny mistakes I made that day. Um, I actually work from home and I happen to have my non-work computer, I, I brought the software up early in the morning and I misread the time on the tournament and I was off by two hours and all of a sudden I'm at work <laughs> and this tournament pops up on my other computer. I'm like, Oh my God, I was wrong by two hours. So yeah, your mountain time and all the times in the, I was the actually uh, winging yeah. it there. Um, finishing up my work and trying nice. to start playing at the same time. Just so making us feel of... worse and worse, Brian. Yeah. Making us feel worse and worse. This guy, he's not paying attention. He's never played in 18 months, but he wins the thing. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I kind of feel bad for that. I, you, know, you, you guys probably deserved it more than I did. Oh, you're, oh, 
no, not at all. None of us deserve anything, man. We just it probably <laughs> worked to my advantage that you guys had no idea who the hell I was or, or what I was doing. So <laughs> yeah. that probably helped. Uh, well, you've got a few more followers on Twitter now than you used to. That's something. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. True. Now I know who you are. Right. Now we know. Now we know. All right. Well, I know we, we're going to be recording the seminar here quickly. Jones, he's got a, he already jumped off for that. So I want to kind of wrap it up pretty quick. But obviously, we could talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, but so we have the, the uh, we have the WSOP house. You guys, there's still some room in there. Even if we're already out there, there's still some room available. If you're interested, uh, hook up with me, Steve at Rec.Poker. I'll let you know kind of what's available, uh, both for private rooms as well as bunk beds. We've got a huge place, private pool, fantastic stuff. Uh, reach out to me on that deal. Our staking pool uh, will have launched by the time we run this. Uh, there might be some folks that are willing to sell you some of their shares if you want to get into it. And we've already launched. We can maybe talk about that as well. But uh, we're, we're pushing that out there. It's really fun. A lot of folks playing the WSOP that are going to get some staking from Rec Poker Nation. So uh, that's a pretty fun thing. What else you guys got? I got uh, Rob, a- anything in the book study you want to share? Well, yeah, we've got a book study coming up uh, first weekend or the first Wednesday of October. Uh, we'll be continuing our our it's modern poker theory by Michael Acevedo, by the way, and we'll be continuing on the defending in position. We went through defending from uh, the big blind, which was the whole last session. Yeah, that was a big so one. we'll get into defending uh, from in position. So starting from the button and going to the under the gun. So um, that's what we'll be doing the next time. And if you missed any prior to this, you can go back to Rec Poker, and in the archives, you, as a premium member, you can go back and watch all the previous episodes, get caught up, get the book, read it, join us. It's a lot of fun. And the prior books as well. It's all out there mm-hmm. for all your premium members. Uh, Somsky, I guess we usually do you first, but I wasn't paying attention to my slides. Do you want to <laughs> run through the home games? Who, who are the winners of the home games? Yeah, I can certainly do that. <laughs> Well, we have Steve Trapp, Steve Tucker, got his first nightly victory. John Lutze, also John Lutze is his real name, got his sixth <laughs> nightly victory for nice, the year. Nice, John. Way to go. Ozzy Eight Ozzie. got his third nightly victory. The scourge of the Rec Poker Home Game Series. Yeah. Captain Walleye, Rob Ansom, what? got his fourth for the year. Nice. Golf Ball 555 got his or her first for the mm. year. Wolfman 109, Adam Wolf got his fourth victory, nightly victory for the year. Adam. Then uh, Keck Geek, this is Keck Geek Sr., Mark oh. Kiki, got his second mixed victory wow. for, in the daily series for the year. And then Gibber 3, J- Jim yes. Gibson got his first international, and Hawsey 8 also got his first international. Whoa. Then licorice guy David Stebbins nice, got his first LPP victory for our daily LPP victory on Sunday. So you can contact Jim at rec.poker to get your free month at Learn Pro Poker. Awesome. And, and John Lutze, this is your sweatshirt. Uh, you left us <laughs> in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to hold this hostage. So you have to give me your bronze pin. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. No, no chance. chance he's got that. That pin's worth more than any sweat. <laughs> he's, he's probably already reached his quota anyway. So. Um, probably. Probably. That sounds like John. Jim, what do you got? you want to cover anything from what Chris has going on? Yeah, well, else? as, as yeah. you pointed out, Chris is running the seminar tonight, and there'll be another one in October. And the one and 
only Dara O'Carney actually joins us every month to break down a hand between our members in the in the monthly seminars. So uh, <laughs> did I mention that it's only $15 a month to join Rec Poker Premium? I mean, you can get some pretty amazing access for that. Um, and then uh, coming up, you're going to see on October 9th, uh, one of the newer members of the Wrecking Crew, Keith uh, Monkey System Brandt, is starting a new kind of study group. So we're going to pilot that on October 9th, Saturday at uh, noon central. You can see it on the calendar there at rec.poker. And speaking of LPP, on Sunday, October 10th, Colin Gloves 1010. Yeah, uh, it's Gloves 1010 because his birthday is October 10th. And so that happens to fall on a Sunday this year. And he is going to be playing in the LPP tournament on Sunday night as part of the Rec Poker Home Game Series. So and not only is the winner of the tournament going to get a free month at LPP, if Ryan LaPlante plays in the tournament, although it sounds like he has other plans that day, mm-hmm. you would also get a bounty for taking him out. But birthday boy Colin Anderson, there's going to be a bounty on you, my friend. So if anyone is playing on Sunday, October 10th, and you spoil the birthday boy's fun by knocking him out of the tournament, I am going to give you a free month at Learn Pro Poker. So, uh, and that's compliments of Colin Anderson because he's one of the best guys in the world. So, uh, knock him out. He won the thing so many times, like, I'm going to start giving away these things. That was basically it. That was basically it. So he's going to encourage some action by putting that on his own head. So buy the guy a beer, knock him out of the tournament, and win yourself a free month at Learn Pro Poker. All right. Well, anything else, guys? I know we're, we're running short of time here at the end, but anything else? Been a long episode, but a good episode, a lot of good stuff. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up here. I'll make sure, like Jim said, go to rec.poker, check it out. A free membership for everybody. If you want to get more of the content, more of the opportunities to engage and like sit in on this podcast, you can become a premium member. It's 15 bucks a month. But if you use the code RECPOKER, 10 bucks off your first payment. So you can try it for five bucks. Like uh, Ryan says too, if you hate it, if it's not even worth the five bucks, let us know. We'll give you the five bucks back. That's okay. Uh, just just check it out. Uh, welcome to do that. If you want to do us a solid, if you're always you're like, hey, how can we help you guys out? You're just recreational players kind of doing this for fun. Uh, like our stuff. Like, like go on to our podcast, rate it, review it, like it, subscribe to it, the YouTube channel, all of that stuff. Uh, helps us out in in big ways. But uh, with that, I want to thank uh, the the premium members who jumped in tonight. Uh, we had Jack and Kean and Kim and Martha and Paul and Tim. Uh, our panel. We had Rob and Chris and John and Jim. We had Brian Rabin joining us from Colorado. Ryan Laplante, great job, man! Thank you for uh, being our guest for that. Thanks to Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel. Thanks to the great Mark Bershon and website Amp. A uh, man, World Series of Poker, you guys. Let's go. <laughs> 